0: This is resonant, yes.
1: Do I sound like I have a cold most of the time?
0: Hey, guys, this is resonant, yes. Be yourself. Empathy is good.
1: Is that what I say all the time?
0: Pinball.
1: Welcome to Love in Brief, an ABDL advice podcast focused on issues of love. Love for yourself, love for others, love for your partner, love for your community, spiritual love. It is so much love that if you tried to stick it on an audio meter, it would peek out those VUs so hard, the needle would be buried in the red. Nerd. I Nerd. You're a nerd. I'm resonant, yes?
0: And I'm not taken.
1: Yeah, you are. And uh, today on Love and Brief, we're going to do something we should probably do more often, which is a little spring cleaning. See, it is April and we're in the middle of getting ready for a big yard sale. So we're trying to clean out our house. And while we're doing that, we're also cleaning out our inbox.
0: Which is our internet house.
1: Yeah, it's like an internet house. Yeah where we keep our internets. That's where we keep all of our stuff. That's where we keep all of our stuff. So we've got, I'm ashamed to say, we've got about 55 questions that folks have sent in that we just haven't gotten to yet. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up, we're not going to cover all 55 right now, but there have been, uh, questions that have been sitting sometimes for months because we put the podcast out once every week, sometimes once every two weeks. And so we can't catch up to all of the great questions that we have. So periodically
0: more than one year's worth of weeks.
1: That's so many weeks. Yeah. So we're going to try and go through and clear out a handful of these all at once. So, um, we're going to give shorter than average advice. Uh, just the two of us. But
0: it is going to be just as sage as ever. I'd
1: like to think so. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Um, shorter than average advice to a handful of questions uh, because we know that you've been waiting quite a while to get the answers to your questions. So shall we dig in? We should. You ready, ready to do this?
0: I'm, I'm good. Yes.
1: Okay. So the first question uh, comes to us from Anonymous and came quite a while ago, which says, Any advice on how to create friendships with certain ABDLs you've kind of blown your first impressions with or done stupid shit that you immensely regret. So imagine, as I think many of us can, uh, you've you've had an experience where you've maybe had a conversation online or in person with another ABDL person and you just fucked it up.
0: Mm. Yep.
1: You, You know that feeling? Yep. Yeah, me too.
0: Everybody knows that feeling. Yeah.
1: So, what do you do after that's happened if you want to create a friendship? I think that's the question on the table.
0: All right. I have two. I have a two-parter. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yep. Okay. First part is: um, I think the most obvious choice for me would be just approach them like a normal human to a normal human and yeah. just say, hey, look, that. Thou- That was really stupid. And I'm really sorry. And that wasn't cool. And, you know, can we just try again? Like, Mm. I think I would really, if I was the other person, I would really appreciate that sort of like, you understand as well as I do that that was whatever happened was uncalled for or awkward or strange. And that would make me feel more connected to that person because I would be like, oh, you also get that that was kind of odd. And now I don't feel so weird around you. And I actually feel more connected. And my second bit of advice would be, um, if you've made sort of an irreparably bad first impression, but you don't feel like it reflects who you are, um, you know, find somebody who that person also gets along with and try and connect with them person to person and make a good first impression. Because oh. if someone can speak to your good side, yeah, it, it would really help. And I don't mean be conniving, like be yourself, but just. I know what a first impression can do and how bad it can be if you're uncomfortable or you make a mistake, but, um, you know, find somebody who will get to know you and then sort of have your back. If, if ever that person opines and says, oh, you know what, that person's odd hmm. and they can say, no, you know what? I, I think give them another chance.
1: The power of vouching for somebody. Yeah. yeah,
0: But not disingenuous, disingenuously yeah. representing yourself, like be. Don't don't be like super one way if you're not just to try and get people to talk about you that way, but
1: you know what I mean. So, we had an experience with this fairly recently where we had somebody who I think was well intentioned, but who made a series of unfortunate choices. I think um, that put us into a place where we thought they may have boundary issues or um, maybe didn't have self-awareness enough to conduct themselves in a public space, etc. And I was just thinking about this last night. I thought, what would what would change the narrative here? Like, what would absolutely turn this dialogue around? And for me, uh, self-awareness and humility are key, because that's the line between the creeper and the person who made a mistake. Hmm. Because we all make mistakes, and God knows I have in the ABDL community. So if... Specifically, thinking of the encounter that I'm referring to, if this person would come back and say, hey, you know what, that was a really weird interaction, and let me call out specifically where I think I I went wrong, Um, what that would speak to me about is not just that they're saying, hey, I I could do differently, but that they recognize and feel those boundaries and have the self-awareness to say, "I I think there's a better way. And I think I, I sort of stepped over that line. To me, that is worth its weight in gold. And I actually, some of my closest friends are people who we had a weird interaction first and they came back and did that. And that really built trust for me mm. to be able to say, I have self-awareness. I recognize this was a problem. And I have humility enough to say that I would like to to do better. And that that is so much more of a trust builder than had we just had a good conversation to start with. Yeah. That it, it it is incredibly powerful for winning me back to their side.
0: Yeah. I think in some ways it teaches you the way that, that someone will react when they've made a mistake, but just really early on. Because you usually don't get to see that right away. Yeah. And if you can see that that's how it's handled, it'll make you feel safer.
1: The other side is... Remember that this is a whole person that you're dealing with who has their own reactions and their own needs and their own experience to this point. So if they don't immediately turn around and embrace you, that's okay. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. And try not to um, sort of desperately seek approval, but rather just own up to the part that was you. And if they don't come back to you, that's okay. Because what you did was right. You said, here was my part and I'm fessing up. And if they decide not to come back to you right away, don't hound them for that. That's Mm -hmm. not their business. That's not their job to approve of you, but rather, um, it's your job to come clean. And if they choose to
0: awesome. That's right. Remember that your second impression is in no way predicated upon their approval of your second impression. It is just, did you do a good job? Do you feel like you did something you can stand by and be proud of? And then just leave it at that.
1: Well said. Hey, we're through one already. So here's the next question. Um, so Amber J 27 asked, I was wondering if you have any tips on getting into little space. I know this goes in cycles. So we're a switch couple. So we probably both have a thought on this, but R and T, I want to put it to you because you're most likely hey, between the two of us to spend time in little space. Do you have any tips for getting into little space?
0: Hmm. Well, I, I think my first thought is that it has something to do with, um, my partner, which is, I guess not a universal piece of advice because some people, um, and even I get into a little space by myself, Mm -hmm. but, um, something that gets me into a little space very quickly is the way I'm being spoken to. So a tip for getting into little space is if this works for you, ask your partner to please address you in a way or encourage them to address you in a way that's like very sort of like small and um, it it immediately puts me there. Mm -hmm. That's a place that I can let's I can get there very quickly.
1: So at the risk of doing sort of role play on the air, what, what are the sorts of things that a partner might say that you might encourage them to say that would help you get there?
0: Well, yesterday you were like, insert my real name here, put the ice cream away. We're not eating ice cream for dinner. And I was like, I just want two bites. And you were like, no, put it away. Mm. And I was like, okay. And then I felt very small. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas before I was like, I'm an adult and I'm going to eat ice cream for dinner. And it puts me there very quickly. So
1: small rules, small boundaries. Just tiny things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Things that would come across as something that you wouldn't necessarily do for a woman in her twenties or her thirties or her forties or, or a man in his twenties or thirties or forties or anywhere in between just something that you wouldn't do for an adult person Mm -hmm. necessarily.
1: So I'm going to take the opposite tack here and say, um, I'm going to address it from a solo perspective. So I have a hard time getting into little space. r and knows this about me and my, my closest friends know this about me, that it's something that um, even though it's a magical and wonderful part of myself, I have a hard time accessing it. And some of my best moments in little space are when I clear out space for myself. And maybe R&T has a long day at work or she has a, a meeting with a friend after work, and I will by myself go to my room and do self-talk. And this is going to sound crazy but I will literally out loud say to myself, hey, let's get you in a diaper. Hey, let's get you snuggled in bed. Hey, let's get you your favorite stuffy and grab that passy and whatever it is. And even if it's just for an hour, even if I'm not feeling it, quote unquote, but I know that it's a need that, that is yet unmet at that moment, being able to talk to myself and say, hey, you deserve this. So I, So I almost sort of, take my uh, sense of self and split it into two parts and have the older me talk to the younger me and say, hey, little fella, this is what we're doing now. And little fella goes,
0: okay. Nah, little fella. I
1: know, right? But I find that tremendously helpful because it acknowledges that I'm one whole person who has these two different sides. And if I can apply that to myself, I feel such freedom because I don't require another person's precise response. In order to get me into little space. Mm. So I hope that's helpful, Amber J 27. And I do want to recognize you said, I know it goes in cycles. It absolutely does. And don't feel like you have to push it. So mm-hmm. if you go for a long protracted period where you don't feel like you're in little space, that's okay. That doesn't make you less of a little, and it doesn't make you less into whatever your facet of the kink is if you feel big for six months or you feel like you can't access little space for six months, that doesn't mean something's wrong with you.
0: And I have one final thing that I'd like to add, please. Yeah. Um, so little space is not necessarily an active space to be in, uh, or it doesn't have to be. Um, I know that there have been times when I am stuck in a very busy time in my life. I'm, like on a commute, I've got 20 minutes and if you want to silently go into a space where you feel small and vulnerable and like our said, sort of use your big self to usher your little self into it. I have done that before sitting on a train. Mm-hmm. Just go, all right, just let yourself go there. And know that your adult self is taking care of you. And then you sort of just become sort of like free and let your mind wander and be curious and open and sweet. And then whenever your commute's almost over, you go, oh, all right, Mm -hmm. back to work. And then you sort of just pull yourself back out. So it doesn't have to be necessarily an active or even a realized space Mm -hmm. uh, by anyone other than yourself. And. I'll do it for five, ten minutes at a time. If I need restoration.
1: Oh, isn't that wonderful? It's almost like a small meditation or, a, mm-hmm. or a awareness exercise.
0: And unless people know what it means when you kick your feet slightly on the edge of a subway seat, or they notice you're looking around more than you usually do then. And nobody will, then you're fine. You're That's good.
1: So good. Nobody's listening to the look of your glance.
0: Oh my, no, nah, you see what oh, I did there. Oh my, no, 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 no.
1: But I just I want to I <laughs> yeah, support really- that one because um, you don't necessarily need a diaper or a day or a partner to do this. And it's going to sound goofy, but think to yourself or talk to yourself in the second person if it's not socially really bizarre. Um, but think to yourself in the second person, if nothing else, and go, hey, you, I see you. Your little self is ready and valid, and I'm ready to take care of that. Because you have the adult and the little in you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to let the adult speak to the little.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number two, down. Yes. Nailing it. Next question comes to us from Anonymous.
0: Always writing questions. Oh,
1: Anonymous is so busy with us. Got nothing else to do. And uh, this one I I titled uh, Delicately Poop Show. Oh. Um, I was wondering if you'd consider an episode specifically poop related. Uh, I feel as though there can be judgment within the community of people who are into messing as well as peeing. Personally, I've felt kind of a hypocrisy with uh, community as a whole and partners who condemn this. I would normally expect this from wider society, but not a group which is more accepting of left field activities. So I'm gonna just acknowledge and validate that perspective, agreed. Absolutely. It is a strange thing when you are on the fringe of the fringe of kink, which is already fringy from a mainstream society standpoint, and within the fringe of the fringe, you say, hey, I kind of like this poop thing, and everybody goes, boo.
0: Well, and I will go a little bit deeper than that to say that a lot of people say boo and they're not accepting the part of them that likes it. Like right. I've had friends say boo and then I know that they enjoy it. And I'm like, don't be afraid I've seen of it. i your
1: Instagram.
0: Don't be afraid. You like it.
1: So not everybody's into it, which makes sense. In fact, it may be that like 90% of ABDL folks aren't into it. Great. Good for you. Uh, but there are folks, myself included, who think it's lots of fun. And I, I just want to validate and acknowledge that you're right, that there is judgment there. I also want to validate and acknowledge that that judgment makes sense. Look, we have a couple hundred thousand years of evolution that um, suggests that this is probably sort of a dangerous thing to engage in, right? We're talking about something which is inherently uh, bacteria-ridden and scary. So I get it. And everything in your body is built to look at that and go, you discussed, right? This is an important feature that we have in our emotional pantheon. But at the same time, the judgment part can feel a little bit off-putting when you're already in a community that really highlights non-judgment as a Mm -hmm. sort of core feature of that community. So would we do a poop show? Absolutely, we would. Um, This is not quite an advice question, so I don't think we're going to do a poop show right now.
0: Yeah, we would have to have a question that would sort of spark a, a little bit of, a, of a, a need for advice. Yeah,
1: it's an advice show. Yeah. But um, But I just want to validate your experience and say I've experienced that too. And I want to validate the folks who maybe are in the judgmental space and say, I get it. That makes sense to me. I also find poop gross. And in the right context, I find it really endearing. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Will we do a show on it in the future? Sure. I would love some specific advice questions about that, and we would be happy to bring it to the experts in our community. All right. Next question. We are flying. Although that last one felt like I was saying, uh, I'm not going to answer this, but whatever. We'll but
0: we will. We, we will answer it. We, we approve of your question, and we approve of the premise of the show. We just... Now, are waiting on the advice related questions. That's Bring right. them on, Anonymous.
1: Bring them on, Anon. So, the next question is actually particularly relevant to us because we're about to head out on a road trip together. Road trip. Road trip. We love road trips. In fact, r
0: and RY love road trips more than they love oh my anything. God, we love them
1: so much. So, we are, we are I think, best. Like, relationally, we're better in the car than anywhere else. Which I think. is
0: the opposite of all couples. <laughs> <laughs> we are the opposite. We do so
1: good in the car. We love time in the car. If we could just drive in the car for 96 consecutive hours, I think we We'd would be good. so solid. Yeah.
0: I love driving. I love road trips with you. Likewise. Road trip.
1: So we got a question from uh, Princess K, Daddy B. Hello, we like you, and we're glad we're friends. Um, Oh, no, I lied. Actually, that's the next question. This question is from Pink Puffy Tutu Daddy. We also like you, and we're glad we're friends. Um, (laughs) But this question is, what are some good ways to feel little or promote little space in the car when you're on road trips?
0: Have your big buckle you up. It is so little spacing. Yeah, buddy. It's cute, too.
1: Yep. So there are a million little cues in a road trip experience. Who chooses the radio station? Who buckles you in? Do you do a little car seat or something maybe like a little booster? Or do you adjust the seat so that the person is safe? While you're driving, do you maybe pause every once in a while for a dip check? Or do you pause at rest stops to do a change? Do you get the fountain drink? Or do you say to the person across from you, no, 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 Uh, you've had enough soda today. We're going to do water or something a little bit healthier. You can make a million little decisions on a road trip that keep you absolutely in the vibe. And if you are, now I'm assuming in this question that when you say road trip, that there's somebody else involved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So all of those things are helpful. But what if you're solo? Are there ways if you're solo that you could promote little space?
0: Um, well, I haven't really thought of that. Usually whenever I'm driving, I'm not in little space because I'm very focused. Mm-hmm left and right and forward. and That makes sense. But I am dipped. Um,
1: well, I think that's a given, yeah. Being,
0: being dipped is, is, is an instant little space, or can be, yeah. depending upon the dip and depending upon the context. Um,
1: so we have a friend, a mutual friend, who um, her favorite place to wet her diaper is in the car.
0: I'm so envious.
1: Well, because it's hard. So is hard. this is why it's her favorite place. So if, if if you tell her, hey, you're at your apartment and you're all alone, boy, that's easy. But her favorite place is like at a stoplight or while she's driving to just sort of like whatever you have to do, lift up your butt slightly, et cetera. Because it reminds her how little she is in the car. And I think that's just such a sweet thing. So this is going to sound so obvious, but dips on a road trip and being willing to allow yourself that freedom and to even it's hard when you're sitting down in a car, but to allow yourself those boundaries to say, I'm not going to I'm not going to stop at the rest stop and go pee. That can be really helpful if you are solo, mm. because it reminds you that, like, no, this is something I am committed to, and I want to feel the little inside of me come out.
0: Yeah, I have more advice for the um, for the for the duo or more than I do for the solo a couple or throuple. Yeah, the couple or the throuple. Go for it. Well, no, I just am thinking about it. Like, all my advice would come from there. Come
1: are from there any other tips?
0: Um. Yeah, I like whenever we're doing road trips and I'm in little space and you point things out to me mm. when we're driving. Um, and if there is another person who is a big in the car, cause we've done that before, um, our will make me sit in the back yeah. because I am smaller usually than that person. And it's an instant littler as well. And I always fall asleep in the back and that's an, that's an, a little space thing for me, too.
1: So I've noticed that. So even if the person that we're riding with is not physically bigger, they might have a bigger space or a bigger energy. You go in the back and you instantly fall asleep.
0: I do. I don't even try.
1: I love In that. fact,
0: I often try not to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, also, you can choose foods, you can choose when we do stops, you can choose what is the person allowed to do at a stop, are they allowed mm-hmm. to go in the market and buy something, do they have to sit in the car and wait for you, etc. All of those things are choices you can make, obviously the buckling of the seat. If you do mm-hmm. have like a booster seat or something, that's amazing, but if you don't, you could even scoot the seat forward. There are a million ways on a road trip, changing diapers, by the way, you can do like you pull off to sort of a remote location and do that in the car. These are all ways to encourage little space on road
0: yeah. trips. the last thing is, I like it when Ry teaches me things. Like you'll, whenever we go on road trips, and I say, "Tell me a story about something," and oh, you yeah. tell me like a story about something I didn't know.
1: And car music can help too. I was yeah. just thinking, like what you put on the radio.
0: It totally matters.
1: Uh huh. All right, you ready for the next one? Ready. This one is from Princess K. Daddy B. What's up, y'all? Um, this is a question I titled Dips in Heat, what do you, which sounds that like they're sound, mating. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys do to combat the heat during the summer months when you're diapered? Oh,
0: my God. I combat it by complaining about it. <laughs> it's a real thing. This
1: is a problem.
0: And plastic is way worse. Yeah it's so so hot
1: here's a few what i what i hope are helpful and maybe even sort of common sense tips but they they don't feel like common sense in the moment because you have to buy different stuff so there are dips that allow you to have more air circulation if you look at like the air supremes or any of the sort of clothy style dips that actually allow circulation look i struggle with them too because sometimes they also allow leakage around the outside but Mm These very dips that have sort of that um, cheesecloth style side.
0: The ones that I call paper dips.
1: Paper dips. These allow for air circulation. They can be tremendously helpful. Another thing we do is we have air out periods. Mm -hmm. And air out periods are very helpful, which is um, could be nightly, could be biweekly, whatever. But we're going to go non-dipped for a little while. And if there's going to be, you know, an accident or something, whatever, we'll deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're going to stay in one room or we're going to stay on a tiled floor. Or he'll
0: it put matter. one underneath me and I can air out, it, be totally naked on the bed, but he'll yeah, put Yeah, bed pads are me. great
1: for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to wear a diaper 24-7. Here's the bottom line is that in heat, in the middle of the summer, uh, you don't want to wear a plastic diaper all the time.
0: No, it, it's really, really painful for your skin after a while. It yeah. hurts.
1: Yeah. And it's not fun at that
0: point. My advice is also, um, if you're able, and I understand that some people, um, suffer from, um, more severe incontinence. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but if you're able, my advice is go in the shower at the, go to a community pool, go in the shower at the pool, wash all of the pee off of you, and then get in the pool with your swimsuit on and just cool your butt off. Like it is the best. Yeah. It is a good idea. Yeah. It's a very good idea. It's and like look, an air out period.
1: Nobody but. wants you to pee in the pool, but everybody else is also peeing in the pool. Just get over it. Yeah. If it,
0: if you do, it's not a
1: big deal. Don't try out. to pee in the pool, but if it happens, it happens. The point being, you have to air out your skin. And I know more than anybody how hot 24 seven fantasy is, et cetera, et cetera. But
0: then it gets really, really hot. It's
1: real bad. <laughs> so you, you need to, you need to get some airing out time. The other thing that you can do is even when you're doing things like a shower or you're in the bathroom is intentionally create airflow in the room, Mm -hmm. try and do AC, try and do a fan, anything you can do to try and create a little bit of airflow. Because even with lotions and powders and barrier creams, you're still going to feel super irritated when you're constantly hot and rashy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we use a uh, a daytime uh, diaper called Align A L Y N E.
0: Is I spell it?
1: I think so. A L Y. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is basically a, it's a pull up, but it has a really thin profile and a lot of breath- breathability. So mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer, that one's really helpful. Now she can have a full on accident, and it's fine. It's not going to leak
0: because it's like expanding packing peanuts. Yeah,
1: I don't know what sort of black magic it is, but it's amazing. I'm
0: wearing one right now. Oh nice yeah yeah yeah
1: but um don't feel like you have to go dry 24 7s or mm-hmm. you know bambino classicos all the time uh that doesn't make you a hero in the babby world it makes you somebody with a wicked skin infection
0: yeah it doesn't feel good
1: it doesn't feel good so so give yourself some extra room um and don't be afraid to pee a little bit so if you're going to be on the beach Or you're going to be on the tile floor. You're going to be even on the wood floor. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you need to air out for a while. If there's some pee, no big deal. Get some paper towels. Or if you're on the beach, just kick some sand over it. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. All right. Next question. And this one might be a topic for a whole episode because I think it's so great. But we're going to try and cover it here. Um, So Anonymous says, my ex-girlfriend introduced me into the ABDL scene, uh, but they broke up. And uh, since then, this person has tried vanilla relationships and they are boring. Mm. Um, Is this normal? I feel like I have this massive void in my life now that I don't have an ABDL girlfriend in my life. So this is somebody who it sounds like wasn't into ABDL. They got into it via a girlfriend. And now they don't feel like they want anything else. Are they okay?
0: short answer yeah you yes. just discovered your kink that's all like good on yeah. doesn't matter how you find out about it you discovered it and now congratulations welcome to the club yep. we have very cute diapers some <laughs> t-shirts mostly onesies
1: yeah a lot of onesies
0: i mean welcome that's i think short answer yeah you're fine because we're in the same boat i mean we found yeah. it and we like it too
1: so I want to handle this question sensitively because it's easy for me to be flippant as a person who has always had an Are you saying
0: I'm flippant?
1: No, no, no. I'm saying I'm flippant. Being flippant. And Sorry. I want to go, yeah, it's great. Welcome to the club. I've been here since I was, you know, four. But I recognize that you're saying I didn't used to be like this, and now I am. And now my preferences have changed, and I feel very weird. And the the line that pokes out to me the most is when you say, is this normal? N- okay, No. ABDL is not normal. If it were normal, it would be an answer on Family Feud, but it's not. So is it normal? No. But please don't conflate that with is it okay and is it healthy? It is both okay and healthy. Mm -hmm. There is nothing about your interest that you have learned through a previous relationship that is not healthy or not okay. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. And if this is what turns you on, then you are in the small, minute percentage of people who actually knows what does it for them. Good on you. Most people, and I I know this from talking with dozens and dozens of my friends about what it is that does it for them. Most people don't know. Mm -hmm. What is my magic button? You found one and it may be one of 20, but you found one. Good for you. So is it normal? No, but don't make the mistake of assuming it's not healthy. That's right. I just, I love that you have found something you love. It happens to be the same thing that I love, but even if it were something totally different, good on you for finding something you love. You don't need to be normal. You need to be happy.
0: Right. This is really similar to my story. Say more. Uh, when I was 19 and my... A B D L Ambassador was like, you seem like a little.
1: And like, I was what's like, a little?
0: What's a little? And yeah. I was like, no, nope, that's really gross. And then I was like, No, yep, you're right. And then I, I never looked back. I was never able to be with someone who didn't recognize that side of me and be happy again. Because I didn't feel seen anymore. Yeah. Otherwise.
1: One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was uh through the big little podcast when mako and spacey said stop questioning why you're like this and start asking how will i be like this mm. because you are and it's okay and this may not be even be your primary king it may just be something that you love right now and something else will turn you on but it is an awesome and how special is it that you happen to know what's going to turn you on that is magic yes so great for you. Are you normal? Probably not. Are you special and fantastic and not at all unhealthy? Yup.
0: And I'm going to stick by my congratulations and welcome to the
1: club. Yeah. Welcome to the club. You can pick up your onesie on the way out.
0: It'll be cute.
1: <laughs> okay. Last question. So we're on number seven. Boy, we are flying. Wow. Anonymous asks, can RNT touch on the podcast about growing up in a sex positive house? What it is? what it means, how the dynamic with her parents worked, and how it benefited her. So on a previous podcast, we talked about Mm -hmm. growing up in a sex-positive house. Yeah. What what does that mean? What is it? How did it show up? And how does it benefit you?
0: Oh, Anonymous, you should know better than to ask me a question. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't know, because now I'm nervous. Um,
1: (coughs) so just to refresh us, yes, I had said, I I grew up in a sex neutral house. Sex didn't exist. Mm -hmm. My parents never had it. Nobody else had ever had it. It wasn't a thing. You grew up in a house where sex was talked about. Right. Still is. Yes. And it was positively talked about. Correct. Talk to us about how that showed up.
0: Um, well, living in a sex positive household for me looked like, um, growing up in a home where, uh, nudity first wasn't an issue. Um, my brothers had to be told, I think around high school that they had to wear pants when they were going downstairs. Cause they would just,
1: they wore pants to high school, but not they would around
0: the just house. around the house. We, yeah. we grew up in a farmhouse and they would just put their hand over their junk and walk down the stairs yeah. looking for their clothes in the laundry room yeah. and it wasn't a deal and I think if I had to guess, I have seen every member of my family naked mm-hmm. into their like almost adulthood, just mm-hmm. because it wasn't a thing. It's not that it was, um, high fived or it, anybody was excited about it. It was just never a problem.
1: Oh, which hand would you high five with Right. I, mean, your I junk. mean, it would
0: be the one that you weren't covering your junk
1: with. So I do want to distinguish for a moment, by the way, I have a friend who grew up in a house that had no boundaries. That's this very different. That. Yes. So this, th- my friend's house, um, sexuality was sort of impressed upon everybody. Mm. This is not your home.
0: This is not my home. We did not advise at any point your unless parents it was asked didn't make their
1: sexuality for. your business. You didn't make your no. sexuality their business. It just was okay. Everything was okay.
0: Right. So if somebody were to walk downstairs, you just do your best to go, hey, and then not look. Like okay. it wasn't like congratulations. You're doing a very good job by walking around naked. This is the way we should all be.
1: So that's nudity. Let's talk about sexuality.
0: Now we'll talk about sexuality. Um, When I was seven, I asked my mom about sex. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew a lot. I knew already that they had sex um, frequently and that their door was closed sometimes. I knew that, um, I knew a lot about sort of the ins and outs of romance. And my parents were just very physically affectionate with each other. And I thought that that was very nice. Mm. And it was sort of an affirming thing for me because I was like, look, we came from this, this beautiful love. Mm. And then when I asked about sex, my mom gave me the whole picture. Yeah. Um, and it was, wasn't a
1: talk about birds and bees. It no, was penises, vaginas. The, this whatever, is what
0: people bit. do. And, yep. um, it was done in such a way that I felt more loved and more accepted and more a part of something after she finished telling me and she was open to questions and she was always like that. And she encouraged us, uh, whenever we came to her with something, um, sex related and was always accepting. There was never any weirdness. And I remember being a teenager, a young teenager, well before I should have been on the internet, um, searching for this stuff, uh, just legally for legal reasons. Yeah. And my mom found some of my stuff and she said, hey, look, we share a computer. You have younger siblings. Just please close down everything when hmm. you get off the computer. And I thought that that was really nice.
1: She didn't shame you. or No,
0: there was no shame. Yeah. I think growing up in a household like that looks like no shame around sexuality. Yeah. And I thought that that was, I, I'm, I'm fond of saying there's a lot of stuff I messed up about, but that feels like one that I have a very strong background in.
1: So for you, that was a benefit.
0: It was a wonderful, wonderful um, sexual education.
1: Yeah. So I'll call out just again, uh, if you grew up in a home without boundaries or if you grew up in a home where sexuality was impressed upon you at an age that was inappropriate... Um, you may have a very different experience of this. What we're talking about is a family where uh, it was sex positive and mm-hmm. um, where her questions and and need-to-knows about sexuality, her exposure to sexuality was appropriate and um, was embraced in a positive way as it grew with her own sexuality. Is that mm, fair? That's, right.
0: that's fair. Great. And I think the one weak link was probably my dad, who was not a very verbal person when it came to our um, sexual education, but he did, he did his part in, in never shaming us for what we wore. Good. I think as a father, it's very, as a father in the South, it's very easy to look at your two daughters and say, not those shorts, yeah. not that skirt, not that dress. And he never did. Hmm. He always just said, you look nice and then let it be. And I think for that reason, I didn't have a very long, I have to wear shorts that go up over my butt phase. Like I just tried it out and I was like, I'm uncomfortable I'm not going to wear that. But if I hadn't, I don't think it would have been a problem. He never really shamed us.
1: For our international listeners, the American South is uh, oftentimes known for a more conservative view towards sex and clothing and nudity and whatnot. So um, that is awesome. Let's talk about today. Mm-hmm. So now you're an adult.
0: Oh, I'm an adult. Your
1: brothers and sisters are adults. Your parents, of course.
0: Are adults. Uh, are adults, <laughs> as you'd hope.
1: Um, how, did, how does this pay off now?
0: I think it allows me to be closer with my mom um, than I might have been otherwise. Uh, She's able to ask me questions now where I was the student before. um, Whenever she um, stopped taking birth control, she asked me if how could I help her tell if she was allergic to latex. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know why. And she said, I'm trying to buy condoms, will you help me find the right ones? Mm. And I helped her find the right ones. How is that and helpful
1: to you? I can hear that how that's helpful to her, but how is that helpful to you?
0: It's helpful to me because I can give back some of that, hmm. some of that feeling of not being judged yeah. and not being like, we didn't giggle about it. Like it was just, she had a place to come back and feel safe. She didn't have that growing up herself. Her mom didn't tell her anything and that scared her. And I think that's why she made such an effort
1: so could you talk to her now about contraception for yourself? Could you talk to her about sex? Could you talk to her about positions? Could you talk to her about sexual satisfaction? We
0: do. Okay. Um, yeah, we, I, in not a weird way, and I know this is hard to explain if you didn't, if 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 you can't do this with your mom, and I don't think people normally do do this with their mom, but I know the positions that my parents prefer, hmm. and I know that my mom knows the positions you and I prefer, and it's never weird, and... um I think we benefit from that closeness and that lack of judgment because you're not going to get that in most places. And I think also it helps me as a mom. I mean, my, my daughter will ask me questions and never once have I thought I'm not going to be able to handle this question. Yeah.
1: And also I'm
0: going to be weird about this question.
1: To your credit, you've handled all the big sex questions. I know
0: what is going on. Well,
1: I think it's because you're the right person to handle that. You've been, you've been the right person in the right place, at the right time, because you grew up with the right people in the right place at the right time. And, and the value of saying to a young woman in the United States, your sexuality is okay. Mm -hmm. Your boundaries are okay. Um, I'm going to educate you so that you don't feel like you owe it to some partner to make them sexually satisfied while you sit on the sidelines. I think mm-hmm. all of those conversations are absolutely invaluable. They're countercultural and they're essential to raising a healthy young woman in our culture. So Agreed. kudos to your parents.
0: Agreed. And kudos to my parents. They have gone above and beyond. And I and I have I have siblings who have had their own experiences and I will say Even now when I have, so I have one sibling who is not feeling her best physically. Mm -hmm. She has been physically more fit, physically more able. And even now, whenever we talk about sex, I am, I am aware that she asks for what she needs. She doesn't accept that people will treat her poorly in the bedroom and that she's got to sort of please someone else because she's not at her physical peak. She says No, I'm, I'm perfectly worthy of sexual satisfaction. And, and if you're not going to provide that, we can't be partners. I love that. And I think that that's pretty cool because I don't think that that's very normal. And I I talk to a lot of people for whom that is not normal and that makes me sad. I I wish it was more normal for people to feel like they were, they were deserving of that. And I think it's cool that that's what we were provided.
1: I think it's pretty cool too. And I think you grew up in a really healthy home for that.
0: And I hope that we can give that to our kids. Like that's
1: what I Well, thanks I want. to you, we will. All right. Yes. And I'm going to try and catch up.
0: You do good. You do good. Thank you. You're pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> you run a podcast. Yeah. Well, I got that going for me. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry I talked so long. I think this no, is probably it's it's the magnificent. longest answer.
1: I think it's magnificent. So here we are, seven questions, 45 minutes, b- question per minute ratio we are way ahead of our typical, right? Normally 20 no. minutes, one question. Right now we're seven questions, 45 minutes.
0: I'm bad at math. Seven.
1: Just trust me when I say six, this is way better
0: eight.
1: than what we normally do. So this has been our uh, inbox clear out here Please in April 2019. Please don't
0: me with, that, with a math question. Huh? The point is... How we, much is 35 divided by seven?
1: We got through it faster than we normally do. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Five.
0: Five. Yeah.
1: Um, So we did a good job. And I'm hoping that we can do this more often because we have 55 questions to get through. But please keep sending in your questions. And if you're somebody who has sent in a question, you're frustrated because we haven't answered it, just please accept our apologies. It may be a while. Uh, But we really want to get to every question. The purpose of Love and Brief is to bring practical, meaningful strategies for real-life situations to people with an ABDL kink so that they can grow love for themselves and for others. And it may take us a while to do that. But in the meantime, send your questions to loveandbrief at gmail.com, or you can submit them on Instagram. Uh, We go under my handle, which is resonant, yes or you can submit them on Tumblr under the same handle or you can join our Fat Life group uh, Fat Life group which is Love in Brief podcast uh on Fat Life and anything else I should say about that RNT? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, submit your questions and if it takes us a while sorry, but we are really excited to continue sharing the wisdom of our community with you. This has been Love in Brief. Love in brief. Love in brief.